0: Tonight is August 15th, 2021. It has been <laughs> quite some time since I've recorded and I kind of effectively dropped the mic. Kind of walked away <laughs> from, um, I guess, this level of creativity. There's been a lot that has happened. And uh, this, I think it's important for me to to journal it here. I think it's very important. And, uh, you know, I'm not going to really have any announcements because the truth is, is that, like, I'm battling and I'm fighting through stuff. And, you know, I don't really know when I can create in this form. It takes a lot of energy to do it. It takes a lot of energy to to come to the mic and try to to give compelling um, thoughts and, you know, stories and just share from the heart. Um, but I, I need this to be here because I have to get it out of my chest. I have to get it off of my heart and off of my mind. And this is the first step for me to be able to do it. If I don't do it, then I'm going to continue to sit in this space. That's really, um, not good for me. And so I, <laughs> I just I was talking to a friend today and, um, it just got me thinking. I just got real emotional. And it's a very close friend that's been uh, checking on me and uh, just seeing how I was doing. And I kind of been hiding from this friend just because the people closest to you tend to see you at at full light, they can see you fully. Um, It's the people like I always say on the outer fringe that know you or people who interact with you who don't really see you completely and uh this friend (laughs) always gets it right always sees me um so i just yeah (laughs) i've just tried to hide and then finally like they were probing me and just checking on me and seeing how i was doing and finally i just let it out i was just like i can't lie to you i can't um I can't, I have to be honest, you know? And so I start you off in this, you know, this first two minutes of like, what is this guy talking about? Like, last time we heard something from him, he was talking about, you know, understanding and figuring it out and 36 and Tampa and having fun. And then also, like, this big speech about not going backwards. And it's like, now we're starting this episode off kind of. <laughs> In a sad place and so um i don't really know what i'll title it i know i wrote a poem about it and i called it goodbye july and because july was just the month kicked the shit out of my ass if there was ever a month in my life that i despised um yeah it is it just beat my ass It really did. Really, really did. <laughs> and so, to kind of take you through it, and I kind of put it here, um, July started off You know pretty good starting a job um i was excited it's it's a job that i've worked before with people that i know so um from the job front very exciting because it's it's a role that allows me flexibility allows me to do things and in a setting of how i want i've got the people behind me who believe in me so i'm good and i get this really really bad sinus infection little did i know like it was a precursor to something way worse and then i get a sinus infection and it's beating my ass i'm going through training i'm fighting it I'm not really taking care of it at first just you know over-the-counter meds um and then finally it like just really kicks my butt one day and i like i gotta go out to the doctor go on the doctor give me the steroid give me the antibiotics boom we clear it up and then i say like a week after that i start kind of feeling some pain on the left side of my body Don't really know what's going on. Don't really think about it. Try to sleep it off. And then it gets to the point where (laughs) Uh, I I can't sleep it off. Like the pain, um, the pain was so intense. Like my whole left side would lock up. My whole left side felt like somebody, people were stabbing me at times. And it was causing my heart rate to increase and causing me not to be able to breathe. So, I thought that I was, like, having a heart attack. So, I remember when I um, finally decided, okay, I, I got to take care of this. I go to urgent care, and, and they tell me, like, you got to go to the ER. Go to the ER. Tell them what's going on. They stuck me on the machine. They're like, Yeah, something ain't right. You're tachycardic. What's going on? And um, then, you know, they push me in. And... So they started trying to work on me and then they, um, <laughs> take me back, started doing blood work. I go to CT. I go to MRI. I do every test. So many tests. And about three hours later, I, I'm kind of laying there, kind of taking a nap and the doctor comes in and says, hello. I'm like, all right. And she's like, you have, do you know, blood clots in your lungs? I was like, no, what? And she's like, yeah. And, um, it wasn't until like a day later that they did another chest on me and realized oh you have pneumonia as well and so that's probably what's you know caught co- was causing to labor so we're gonna get you on a blood thinner which is heparin If you never giving you all my hipaa information here <laughs> and we're gonna work on that and then we're gonna get you on um i think it was vancomycin um as far as an antibiotic to start trying to you know beat this um you know, pneumonia And it was just so scary because, you know, in this time now with COVID, like the hospitals are overbooked. So I literally was in what they called an admin hold. And to describe it for you, it was, uh, it looked, it seemed like the size of a closet that could fit four beds. And so literally like the guy on my right that was beside me, he was there to get three stents in his heart. He was in that hold for seven days. He never got a normal room. (laughs) Um, it was insane, and so I spent two days in the hold, and I don't know if they just realized, like, this ain't working, because I couldn't sleep well, because you're down in the ER, basically, and every night someone was screaming, and so they tried to prescribe something to me to calm me down, because I wasn't calming down, my heart rate wasn't calming down. It was just very, very scary. I thought I literally thought that I was going to die, and I thought I was done. And so keep that in mind as I, you know, walk you through the rest of this. And so finally get into a room, um, which is a beautiful thing. I was um, roomies with a, a, one of my friends that actually worked for me, his dad. And so it was cool to kind of see him and talk to him. It would have been under better circumstances and it gave me positivity. And now they're working on me, trying to figure things out because they're trying to figure out how, how, how I had pneumonia. Well, I have a very keen sense of smell. And I remember when I had the sinus infection, when I would go outside, when fresh air would hit my nose, it would smell really rancid. And so my guess is I probably had pneumonia when I had the sinus infection. Like I could smell my infection and I'm so glad I can't smell it anymore. Thank the Lord. Cause it, it was a really horrible smell. It was causing me to like certain foods like chicken or like bread, um, just things that I would normally eat. I couldn't eat it because it my taste buds were completely off. And so, you know, all these symptoms and all this, what did they ring COVID it took five COVID test wires and they're all come negative. And it's just like, Oh, it's not COVID. I'm like over here having blood clots and pneumonia. And it was just, it was just so much. And like I told a lot of my friends, like the Lord, you know, whatever you believe rather, than the universe, you don't believe anything. There are no coincidences in this life. You know, there just aren't. And, um, I just felt like the Lord put me there for some reasons. And one of the, you know, a few reasons, one of them was, um, it was to see the people in my life who care for me unconditionally and would do anything for me would walk through walls to make sure that I was happy and safe and okay. And it worried them. So it was important for that. It was important to see people in my life who don't really give a damn about me, but will pretend to. And, um, and I got to, to basically, have to sit in a situation where I couldn't, because I'm, I'm a warrior naturally, I couldn't control yesterday, I couldn't control tomorrow, all I could control is the now and I had to listen to instructions and follow them. And it made me be hyper aware and hyper um, in tune to what I was doing in that moment and just understand that there was nothing else I could do besides this in the moment. And so the, the big key was I have to do better about taking care of myself. There are people around me in my life who all they do is is leech off of me in certain ways. They expect me to do certain things for them. They always need help, and they don't know how to fix things themselves. When I went into that emergency room, I did it by myself. As scared as I was, as much as I wanted someone to hold my hand, I did it by myself. And I'm not saying that people don't need help. It's just that there are people in my life who continuously choose to not handle their business and create their own emergencies and then expect me to fix it and one of the conversations i have with someone because i'm not gonna i'm not gonna this episode the only name that i'll say is a friend that i like i said i'll dedicate this episode to my friend um jocelyn because we've had very good conversations today and very you know i had to be honest with her and just tell her how i felt because you know part of this is on the physical side of it, I'm recovering. I'm doing what the doctors tell me to do. I'm taking my blood thinners. My body is getting stronger each day, but my mind and and my heart, as far as like the emotional and the mental space, is like very, very fragile right now. I just feel, um, sad. I I really do. I'm, I know I'm depressed. I was, I was I was telling my mom the other day, um, Um, She's like, you're right. I said, you know, physically I am, but mentally and emotionally I'm not. She's like, what do you mean? I said, I just go to work. I go see doctors. I just come home and I just feel tired. I take my medicine and I crawl into bed and I go to sleep and I do it all over again. And I said, I'm not being me right now. I'm not doing things that make me smile. I'm not creating. Um, I've, you know, I'll have these moments where I can, you know, um, write a poem or type up a poem you know i've written a few but i don't feel the the inspiration to share i don't i just i don't i don't know who i am right now i don't i feel really detached from this experience because people ask you a question of if you're okay but they're not asking you like are you fully okay i don't understand what they're asking they're asking you are you physically okay because of what physically can harm you or kill you? And they're not thinking about like mentally of how overwhelming this all is. Like going to doctors, getting all these forms filled out, going to work and trying to be strong. I'm just exhausted and I'm just depressed. And I kind of hadn't really been facing it. I just been really mulling through it. And the day was like, the day where i just the damn burst and i was like this is this is it this is this is it and so um i can't i can't um i have to be strong that's what i've always told myself and right now i don't feel like being strong i don't feel like even doing any of this um the cool thing is is like well i said the scary thing is it's like you know they told me you know and this is for anybody who listens truly if if you are working from home if you are sitting a lot you need to be more active it's basically the blood clots pass from my my legs to my lungs because I was sitting too much and I wasn't being active and, it can, and it's happening a lot during the pandemic, but it happens. And that um, was just scary to me. And and so I'm so scared that like um, I can do my work remotely from home, but the store that is near me, I just go in the store and I do my work from there. <laughs> and I just, I, it gets me to be around people, which being around these people in the store, it, it's really been good for my morale, but it kind of reminds me of like when I worked for Best Buy back in the day and I would go to work and I would have fun with people and I would leave and I would be sad because I knew there was nothing for me when I left besides going home and being by myself. And right now I'm doing it to myself where there are people who want to be around me. There are people who want to be near me, but I don't have the strength to be near them. I don't have the strength to, to engage in conversation or just to be, I don't, I don't want people to worry about me, but I know they do. And it's me. This is just me being real about it. And so the hospital was an experience, I think. But um, I'd be remiss because I'm leaving it all here. (laughs) Goodbye, July. Um, You know, I talked about this woman in the last one that I love. I fell in love with and I care so much about her and You know, in the early start of the month, the communication became erratic. It became very stagnant, and it was already frustrating me. But then when I went in the hospital, the hospital that she works at, (laughs) and she didn't come visit me, I I found myself very angry at her. I was very angry. And then when I got out and was discharged, and I was weak and they discharged me. I didn't have that. Like when I got discharged, I got no pain medicine and like my left side was still hurting. Um, and I would say like my, I think my pain was probably a six coming out of the hospital and you yeah, no pain medicine <laughs> and had to drive myself, get my prescriptions, drive myself home. And I just remember being alone. and I just remember getting in my bed and I just cried. I just was like, you know, I love this person. And They were the only person who probably could have truly visited me. Now I could have had family do it, but I didn't want to risk them. But you worked in the hospital. I was so angry. And then I had to get to a point where I was like, well, you know, I forgive her because sometimes things are above our level. Like we're not meant to handle that. These conditions or situations we falter as humans. So I forgave her for it, but I was, I was hurt. I was mad. I felt all these emotions and and that's been a part of the process, too. Like, it's, it hasn't been easy, you know, not just learning certain lessons, but, like, having to walk away. Because as I told her when we were in Tampa, like, this is it. If you can't get it right, if we can't get it right, this is it. I'm done. And um, part of me felt like such, like like, just a loser. Because it's like, you know, will I ever – be able to walk this earth and find someone to love me for me and 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 when they love me like unconditionally like i'm not second i'm i'm first and and they put in they they show action just like i show action and and everything is about creating this space where love is the action of our intentions it's never about just saying you love someone because it's pretty and it looks good on the Hallmark card. But you're constantly pushing yourself towards that other person, even as at times they let you down. At times they may say things that hurt your feelings. You're remembering your love for them is is, is fostered in action for them, just as they remember that their love is fostered in action for you. And I was just like, man, I'm never going to find a woman to love me. I'm not good. And then I went through that and I just felt the sadness. And then I had to get myself to a point and just be like, remember what we learned. Like I am the tip of the spear. I am happiness. And the Lord allowed me to walk out of the hospital. He allows me to be alive. He allows me to see my son. Um, With modern medicine, I don't, you know, I'm, I'm having the ability of like Once I see the hematologist, which is this is all scary because, you know, you learn about, okay the blood doctor and then they don't tell you like hematology and the um, oncologist, they're suited together. You're going to a cancer doctor, basically. And um, it's just a lot. All of this has just been so overwhelming for me. And um, I haven't really talked about it. I don't talk about like the mental and the emotional side of it because. You know, if someone hasn't been through it, what do you say? And then like my parents, you know, they try to cheer me up, but I don't feel cheery. You know, I come back out. And so people don't really know where my full state is. And so they try to put the weight back on me. I had to tell my ex-wife, I had to tell my mom, like, look, I can't carry this weight and I won't carry it anymore. I don't have the strength to. <laughs> and that's a beautiful thing i at times just i have to remember that i am not alone (laughs) and it's just it's tough for me because it's like i said before it this has been overwhelming the experience of not knowing if i would lose my life not knowing if I was ever gonna hug my son again or see some of my friends was very painstaking. Um, but when I was on the inside, I knew that I had to to be strong enough to to get out and, and to continue. And there's so much more for me and so much more. There's like a story I have to write <laughs> and I have to get there. And that hope and that strength is what pushes me to continue. I got to finish writing this story. Am I going to quit this job? <laughs> that was the first thing I thought of, like, man, I want to quit this job. Um, and then I also wanted to talk about this because I think, you know, it was, this was my, you know, besides being black, I've had plenty of this is America moments, but, um, you know, start a new job. My insurance doesn't kick until September 1st. So it's like bad things happen at bad times, you know, and I'm not really worried about the medical bills because... I'll work that out. You know, I had a um, an HSA account that I hadn't used forever, so um, I I just the the blood thinner that I need, Eliquis, <laughs> for a thirty day supply. Five hundred and fifty dollars I had to pay. And I just thought about the people who have to struggle with insulin. Like, this is something you need. Like, I need this blood thinner for the next six months. I need it. Like, if not, then I could die. You know what I mean? Like, blood clot could travel to my heart. I could die. And this is America. This is what people deal with. And I was just so glad that, you know, I have the means and I prepared myself in a a way to where I could take care of these things. But it's a shame, you know what I mean? It's a shame that it's like that. And um, I already don't like doctors having to see him, having to talk, Ugh, heart rate all stressed out, you know. I'm, every day I have to remind myself to calm down and, and to remember to control the things that only I can control. And it's just tough. It, you know, it's, I've always put a certain amount of expectation on myself, I think sometimes even pressure, and this metric that I'm going through right now, it has no grade, you know, and um, I'm just having to learn, um, I'm having to unlearn certain things that I taught myself and having to learn to just be and not be so hard on myself. And, Oh man, just with everything that's gone on, it's just been it's it's been real tough. Because it's like, for all the things and for all the pain that I went through and for all the loss, I think I'm just at a raw state, and I'm trying to find my way back. Um, because that person in June figured it out. That person in June was so happy. I forget taking the trip but it was just like i was happy because i felt like i was turning in the right direction and now i just feel like i'm adrift and um, and it's not that i'm don't know who i am it's like the direction of which i was going I, I was sent off of that course and the current is taking me in a different direction and it's scary but i know that i can get myself on track I just have to calm myself and i just have to remember that there are people who love me i have to stop hiding so if you are going through depression if you are going through the things i would tell you to to challenge yourself and if your depression is a lot darker than mine if if the darkness grips you more then you know seek the help you need either way reach out i just have a tendency of wanting to take care of my own fires And I'm learning as I get older that sometimes you need people to help you, to put them out. July was, of all shapes, horrible. But I wasn't discharged out of the hospital until the 2nd of August, so I carry some of that weight in August. Can't call the episode Goodbye July. I don't know what to call it, honestly. Honestly. Maybe I'll just call it Jam's thoughts, (laughs) but times, you know, things are, are tough at times. So be kind to your heart or as I, as I look at the wall, there are three bands and then a key. Be kind to your mind. (laughs) I choose joy. And forgive yourself. The key has one word on it. It's create. I'm not going to lie to you. The woman that I loved. I thought I was going to marry her. I did. And I wanted to. I wanted everything to work out. I wanted it to be good because I felt a connection with her. And maybe I just wanted it more than her. And sometimes that's how it is. You know what I mean? It wasn't right. It wasn't meant to be. And I found myself like, okay, you were pushing for something more than what somebody else cared for. (laughs) And so now I have to go and and figure that out. That part of my heart, which is fractured, I have to go and mend it. And I have to go, you know, find the joys for myself. I can't hide just because it's all bad. It's my natural response is to kind of hide away and, and get out of dodge. But I, I can't do that. <laughs> so I ask you not to do it even if you feel like it, or even if you're doing it now. For those of you who remain, I know (laughs) my silence has probably sent a lot of you off. And it's really not about that, because like I said, this is my journal. But I do appreciate those who listen. Um, I do, because you're getting it raw and real for me. and I'm giving you perspective. This episode's not necessarily that. I'm just getting my thoughts off my chest, because I need to. I don't need to hold them anymore. Holding them was causing me grief that i didn't need so i'm very thankful to put them here um thank you jocelyn for having conversations with me because it helped me um another friend i would say thank you uh anna my other friend she she's had conversations with me too um but neither one of them really pushed at me because they know me You don't really get to push me because that's when you get to see the bear and me come out and I'll wreck everything. They did it respectfully. I just, I was sitting in a space where I was very sad, sitting in a space all alone, sitting in a space where it was raining around me and I was okay. I was okay being there when really I was cold and I needed to get out of the rain and they saw me. And they talked to me, and they wanted me to get out the rain, but, you know, it's a difficult thing. I love you, Jemaith, because even as you don't know where you're going or what's next, you have hope for what is to come. And we have not said it in a while. I have nothing more to add to this episode. So if you are like me and you're having a hard time tonight as I sit alone in this house, just remember from the first positivity wall, (laughs) you are amazing. You are beautiful and you are loved no matter what you feel, no matter the pain. Don't give up. Keep pushing. Keep getting up. There's somebody who sees you, who's inspired by you, and you don't even know it. And I have been very blessed in my life to experience that and have people tell me that. Even though I was just being a human and fucking shit up. (laughs) Keep going. Keep being amazing. We need you. Thank you.